Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of September 7th, 2021, and officially episode number 490. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. So yes, September 7th, and today is a kind of an important anniversary with uh, one of the more popular cryptids. And we'll talk about that uh, here a little bit during the show. Uh, anniversaries, gosh. Uh, and was talking to somebody at work about uh, September 11th. And 2021 is now the 20th anniversary. It's just mind-boggling. And what's more mind-boggling is it seems like the more people I talk to we're not even born or don't remember because we're too young uh, to have any memories, uh, you know, any recollection or uh, anything because, you know, they're young. They're in their 20s, mid-20s. Now, even people in their early 30s, some of them don't remember because they were just too young to have any memories of that uh, that horrible day. And to me, it's it's just like it happened a few years ago. And Gosh, you, you watch videos of that, and it's uh, it looks it looks so old. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, 20th anniversary this weekend. But yikes! Um, but tonight we've got uh, an 85th anniversary that we're going to talk about. Um, and we're gonna, yeah, okay, well, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, we're going to launch. Uh, with some updates on paranormal conferences and conventions. I haven't done really much in the way of updates because of, gosh, all the changes. You know, I've said it in the past. Uh, last year was just absolutely horrible uh, with cancellations and, uh, you know, events uh, being delayed or postponed, even though you know, they're postponed for a year at a time, which to me is a cancellation. I don't know how you can have a 2020 event in 2021. I don't know how that's possible. Well, a lot of that's because they want to hold people's money. And I understand that. I've put on my own paranormal event. I get it. I've helped other people with their events. So I, I get it. That's a lot of money. But uh, you got to take care of people. Everyone's in a tough situation, especially last year with this stuff. But uh, believe it or not, we're continuing to see postponements, delays, and cancellations popping up this year and it's getting a little worse uh, here in the United States with uh, cancellations and, and all these things going on uh, because of uh, the variants I guess and people uh, just uh, getting sick or all these reports of, of COVID and we don't want things to get worse before they get better I suppose and I guess this is just how things are going to be uh, the 2021 WNC Bigfoot Festival, uh, Western North Carolina, I believe, uh, was set to take place uh, September 17th and 18th in Marion, North Carolina. Well, that's been postponed until Friday, May 27th, 
and Saturday, May 28th, yes, of 2022. So that one's uh, put on the back burner until next year. Uh, the Little Traverse Bay Parafest set for October 8th and 9th in Petrosky, Michigan. That has been canceled. And looking at some uh, conferences, conventions, I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, speakers who have also postponed appearing. Uh, they've canceled some events and they're putting other people on in their place. So uh, if you're planning on going to any paranormal conference or convention, uh, you might want to keep track of of all the information. Get a hold of somebody that you can um, you know, keep constant contact with. Uh, as far as if that event is going to go on or it's not going to go on, I uh, highly recommend utilizing uh, social media, Facebook. Most events seem like they're attached to Facebook or Twitter. And keep track of these things. And if you're, you're willing to put money down for an event like this, well, good luck. Uh, be sure to know what the refund or cancellation policy is. And if there isn't one, be sure to ask before you plop your money down and get something in writing. Uh, because these things uh, happen quickly, and a lot of times it's not even the promoter's uh, idea to cancel. And a lot of times it's against their will. Uh, it's against uh, what they want to happen. You know, sometimes these organize uh, these places where they're putting these events on decides to cancel, or it's a, a county or city or state ordinance that pops up, uh, maybe a mask mandate uh, or uh, – you know, not allowing that many people to be in a building at the same time. And, uh, you know, we've adapted a lot business-wise. I'm not sure why we haven't adapted with the paranormal as far as conventions. Uh, there's been a, a number of them this year that were virtual, uh, but it seems like there's just still a lot that want to be in person. Uh, although, I don't know, it's just not the same to be to, to do something like that virtually. I don't think anything's the same as it is in person, but, um, yeah, I like to, to talk to people and meet people and, uh, you get to walk around and, and talk to whoever you want, uh, versus, uh, just watching somebody speak. So yeah, I get it. It's not the same thing. Uh, but I think a scaled down version of these events, uh, should have flourished and it really didn't. And I'm really surprised by that. But anyway, uh, you can go to paranewsinsider.com and click on the events tab at the top and, and I know I don't carry all of the events this year. I, I stopped earlier this year really looking for more events. And uh, I've heard a, a lot of things that have been canceled and delayed and, and everything else. And uh, really not gone out of my way to put tons of events on there. Uh, but hopefully all this stuff starts settling down pretty soon. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what normal is going to be anymore. But uh, hopefully these events can get put on. Uh, on a more frequent basis and aren't controlled by outside situations and uh, mandates, mask mandates and uh, other uh, gathering mandates. Uh, and of course, a lot of places that are putting these things on are, are very uh, skittish to uh, book an event uh, far out in the future, which, you know, <laughs> if you're going to plan on putting on a paranormal conference or convention, you've got to do it as far out as possible. You know, I see a lot of people get an idea and then they throw something together to uh, to put on four or five months down the road. It's just not enough time unless it's uh, you're going to do something small. 
uh, you know, if you're not shooting for a year from uh, when you're not only planning it, but putting it together, that's just not enough time. It, it comes up way too quick. And unfortunately, that kind of works against you when you're talking about um, a pandemic. I mean, you can't really plan around that. And, uh, you know, again, I'm doing my best to keep track of these things when they do happen. Uh, but unfortunately, you kind of have to wait till almost the, the end. Uh, there does seem to be a lot that are going to go on no matter what. Uh, most of them here on the East Coast for some reason. But um, also be aware that uh, things can change at a moment's notice. So if you are planning on going to any event, and I know uh, we're getting pretty close to that magical month of October. And a lot of things are going on with Halloween and, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it doesn't get canceled again. And man, it's just, uh, it's just sad. It's a, it's a big time of the year, especially for those of us in the paranormal. It's our Christmas and our New Year's and our Easter and everything. I don't know what Easter has to do with it, but it's the biggest time of the year for us. And we hate to see, uh, hate to see stuff get canceled and, and, um, but uh, we got to do what we got to do. We got to stay safe. Uh, let's see. So that's your anomalous notes for the week. Uh, also, uh, I guess I'll mention it again for the third time. Uh, I haven't had an appearance since two, 2019, uh, but I do have one planned. Hopefully that's going to go off. Maybe I shouldn't have talked about it. Uh, Westerville Public Library on October 18th. So far, it's still a go, but you never know. Uh, it may end up being virtual if things don't get better or they get worse, uh, which I'm fully prepared for, but that's okay. Um, so my topic is going to be the unexplained cryptozoology, ghosts, UFOs, and more. What are the facts? And it will be my 13th consecutive appearance. Uh, although again, last year was virtual and it is, uh, it's an annual, pretty much an annual event. And most libraries, have uh you know some sort of either a ghost group or just some uh, an author uh, i know a few authors here at ohio that uh, book up a lot of the um the libraries and usually libraries only do one uh, one speaker in the month of october that has to do with the paranormal or ghosts for some reason it's just usually one and you know Unfortunately for people, I know there's a couple groups in Westerville that don't like me, uh, that I've been doing that for 13 years in that library. And I know there's a, a few local ones that I can't get into because there's uh, a few people locally that have been in there for years as well. So um, unfortunately, that's just how it is. And it is, uh, it's just me. And I'll be on usually like two hours. I, I talk about the paranormal uh, sometimes the, the cops know me now. They come in there and they wait because they know I'm going to be there until uh, the end, until they uh, lock us in there. Wouldn't mind being locked in a library. It wouldn't, wouldn't hurt me a bit. Uh, so looking forward to that. Hopefully it goes off without a hitch. If not, uh, virtual is okay. I didn't get, really get as many people tuning into that. Again, you kind of lose that uh, that feel of being in the room and being able to uh, experience things. Uh, versus uh, just staring at your computer screen or your phone. Whatever there is uh, to stare at, however you're 
doing things virtually. And speaking of out in the real world, I couldn't really think of a better segue, but uh, we're going to jump into cryptid news and we're going to head out to the waters of Loch Ness. And uh, the Loch Ness Monster, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a pretty decent year, uh, though it seems like it's kind of been touch and go. But uh, apparently the Loch Ness Monster has come out of hiding. And uh, the official Loch Ness Monster sightings register, which is kept by Gary Campbell, is kind of the uh, reference point now with uh, the Loch Ness Monster. He's been keeping track of this uh, for quite a while. I don't remember when the uh, the website actually came into fruition, but uh, it's been around for a while. And now everybody refers to... Uh, this website is uh, determining official sightings versus, I guess, unofficial sightings of Loch Ness. Uh, so back in 2019, there was a record 18 official sightings, according to that official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register. Uh, last year, there was uh, 13 total sightings. And there's a, a new sighting that just recently occurred. Uh, trying to see what the date I don't remember what the date was here. Um, and that is going to put it at uh, a tie with last year. So 13 sightings. And uh, Campbell has done something a little different this year. He's separated the live sightings, which is uh, only five. He separated that from the webcam sightings, which is at eight. And I like that because the webcam sightings, um, I don't know. It seems like they're film from space with a potato covered in grease. Uh, I don't know. It's um, They're not very good. Uh, there was a recent webcam sighting, and it seems like Ian O'Fadigan is always behind all those. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, don't know why people just don't record that and then just, uh, you know, once a day just go through and fast forward and look for changes. I'm sure there's software that can easily do that. I know they have uh, crime, uh, loss prevention uh, website or equipment that can do that. They can look at uh, changes, you know, look for boats. You look for things coming out of the water. Uh, but really, it doesn't really matter. You, you, it's so far away, you can't tell on those things. So I like how he's got the uh, live sightings, even though it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Uh, so, yeah, here it is. August 26th, though. According to the register, the latest sighting occurred on August 26th, and I think this is a little weird here. Uh, this occurred on the ship Nessie Hunter, which is part of the Loch Ness Cruises organization. Um, Benjamin Scanlon was on holiday, which is a vacation to you and I. I guess maybe even a weekend. I don't know what they call that. Uh, but holiday with his family. Uh, when he saw an image on the sonar, and he took a photo of the sonar, and this this is uh, not the first time this has happened. We had a few of those last year. I think it was uh, I think it helped propel the Loch Ness monster into the uh, the top ten, I believe, last year. Uh, but he took a picture of the sonar, and uh, throw that in the uh, chat room if you haven't seen it. All you got to do is look up. Loch Ness Monster, and that thing will uh, Google, and it'll pop up pretty quick. Um, so in the photograph, 
Uh, it's blue. And there's a little red line there that's showing uh, the bottom, basically. And you see a little shade of blue there in the middle. And so it seems to be a semi-solid something or other in the sonar image. And the boat was in about 40 meters of water. Um, uh, yeah, a little, well, about 40 meters, looks like, uh, which is about 130 feet of water, which is pretty deep. And the image on the sonar was at about 20 meters or 65 feet of water. And this, according to Captain Mike of the boat, all this information, and of course you can just look there and kind of judge for yourself. You can see it. It's pretty easy to read one of those things. Uh, the captain also estimated the object to be about three or four meters long, or uh, to us in the United States, 10 to 13 feet long. That's pretty big. Uh, however, what was it? Uh, was this the Loch Ness Monster? 10 to 13 feet long? Was it the side view of this thing? Was it coming at you? How do we know? Uh, was it the Loch Ness Monster? Probably not. Uh, probably a group of fish. Uh, I'm sure they see that every now and again on there, but they got to kind of be close together to get a, a, a radar hit like that. Um, possibly a clump of plants, you know, just floating. That's kind of deep for that. Or kind of in a, I shouldn't say deep, it's kind of in a weird spot because it's not near the bottom, it's not near the uh, the ship. Uh, could be debris, could even be a reflection on the sonar. That I know does happen. Uh, I've read a lot of stories about that because of the the water itself is like really thick. It's like soup. Um, because of the peat that goes in that water. And people always ask, well, why don't they just sh shove a... Uh, one of those little robots down there with a camera. Well, uh, they have. And even with uh, heavy bright lights, you really can't see too far in that uh, because it is uh, so thick. That water is just so dark uh, because of the, the peat in the hillside that goes into that water. It's not clear. You can't really see very far in that water. Uh, so an underwater camera, pretty much out of the question. Uh, you're not going to be able to see very far in that thick soup. Um, so it could have been anything. We don't really know. Could have been the Loch Ness monster. Could have been a, a group of fish. They do travel together um, in the water. Uh, so it could have been a reflection of that. Could have been uh, something submerged. Could be a you know a uh, piece of timber, something, something else floating down there. Who knows? Could have been anything. Um, now it was not reported if the ship went back to the spot. Or if it stopped to see if and how the object moved, which is what I would want to see. If if I was the captain of the ship and somebody yelled, hey, something on the sonar, I would uh, probably knock the engines off, maybe go back or you know keep an eye on that sonar to see how things evolve. If it dissipates, it's more than likely just fish. And you can kind of tell by watching it. If you've ever had one of these uh, depth finders, you, you kind of get to know what you're looking at. And I think a lot of these are just obviously groups of fish and they just, they're not going to, you know, come out and say, Oh no, 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 that wasn't a Loch Ness monster. That was just a group of fish. Uh, why would you say that when you're getting free advertisement, especially for Loch Ness cruises? Now, again, it wasn't reported if the ship went back or uh, they watched how it moved or if the, the blob on the screen there, 
uh, how long it was observed or if it dissipated or if it dove down or it came up. I mean, to me, that's all very important and basic observations. If you're going to make the claim of discovering the most famous underwater uh, undiscovered uh, monster on the planet. But again, um, it's free advertising. Now, this sighting aboard a Loch Ness cruise ship comes after a July 30th and July 26th reported sightings uh, aboard a rival tour boat company, uh, Jacobite Cruises. So they had back-to-back sightings aboard their ships. But, you know, come on. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, seems like they're uh, trying to get uh, a little free advertising there through the official uh, website there, the Loch Ness Monster Sightings. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not. Maybe this is truthful. It just seems kind of to be a little weird to me, but maybe it's just, uh, again... Maybe it's just a coincidence. We shall see. And you, you probably know, you've probably seen this before. A uh, long time ago, there was a uh, kind of a shaky video of, uh, of Bigfoot. A couple guys named Patterson and Gimlin made a, a little movie back in 1967. I'm sure you've probably seen that before. Uh, it's been on television it's probably appeared in a few movies. It's probably the most debated piece of cryptid history, uh, sighting, or whatever you want to call it, ever. I don't think anything has been more uh, critically looked at and argued upon than that piece of evidence or data, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and we also know that since that Patterson-Gimlin film back in 1967, Hundreds, if not thousands, of fake videos and photographs have come out uh, that have attempted to copy the sensation behind that film. And as we progress technologically, so we've gone from uh, the grainy, choppy VHS and VHS uh, C tapes now to the digital era, sometime in the 1990s. So over the last 30 years or so, we've been. Uh, looking at, you know, digital stuff versus, uh, uh, again, uh, the analog stuff. And, of course, uh, when you uh, update technology, you also update the possibility of hoaxing or forgery or creation of um, digitally altered videos. So as we progress with better technology, there's also, unfortunately, the counteraction of the ability to fake things. And that doesn't help uh, when you're looking for creatures like Bigfoot uh, because it uh, raised the stakes on whether or not it was real or not. And people are uh, attempting to fool other people and to get attention, unfortunately, because of the Patterson-Gimlin film and the arguing behind it. Is it real? Is it not real? And people want to be a, a part of that, whether they're into the Bigfoot field or not. And the debate continues. I mean, here it is, 2021, and there, there was a story earlier this year 
on whether or not the video is real or not. And people are telling the truth and uh, people are still claiming to have uh, uh, made a costume. And all these things are still roaring in the background of, of debates. And again, it's pretty, I don't want to say 50-50, but there's uh, you know a clear divide. Even people in the Bigfoot field that don't believe in it and people that do let alone the, the general public. And despite over the years being stabilized, cleared up uh, with digital technology, you know, we get a better look at it. Some people say, wow, uh, that's, that's the real deal. That's pretty impressive, especially for being filmed uh, over 50 years ago. Uh, but then again, also people say, wow, that's really fake. That's just a, a dude in a suit. And we've, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum in this show uh, over the years, uh, the many, many attempts. And really, the show started out with the uh, the Georgia Bigfoot hoax, which was a, a fake, uh, pretty much a, a frozen costume, you know, an attempt to fool people. Uh, we've also seen these uh, videos that were created with a uh, figure far off in the distance, cleverly hidden behind trees or rocks. A lot of times it's uh, somebody – we've seen them with people with hoodies on that have fooled people. A hoodie, let alone a costume, a, a gorilla costume or a monkey costume or uh, somebody wearing a, a ghillie suit or something like that. And now we've got people – um, you know, doing this uh, as a class project, you know, maybe making auditions to be uh, a special effects designer. Maybe that's their way of getting into that. I'm sure a few people have done that. Um, but it's uh, more times than not, it's people that are creating these things, trying to fool other people so they can have a laugh at other people's expense. But it's it's like the poster on the wall that I have here. It says... I want to believe. And people want to believe in these things. They, they really, they may not believe in Bigfoot, they might not believe in the Loch Ness Monster, but they sure would like to believe. They, they, like, they like it to be real. They wouldn't mind if it was discovered or found. You know, granted, that would kind of ruin things a little bit. These things are almost better off not being discovered because it gives us that hope that maybe there's things out there that we can't explain. And if we do explain it, then that kind of takes it away. In a way, that's a little philosophical for a Tuesday night, I know. But uh, uh, this is all leading up to just the latest thing. And, and a lot of people are making a huge deal about this. And I didn't talk about it last week. I didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, but my gosh, this is like people are acting like this is the end. The end of the road for Bigfoot research. Uh, a new video purportedly out of Idaho has made its way onto YouTube uh, back on August 25th. That is uh, mind-boggling because it's not only is it clear, which you know usually expect the, the blob squatch, something like somebody smeared grease on your camera, or just cleverly makes its way behind trees and brush or a rock, or the person just turns out of the way at the right time. You expect all that. Uh, but this is uh, a fairly close-up, pretty clear view of a uh, very solid, very strong, very uh, big-looking uh, Bigfoot. And a lot of people are, are just dropping the mic saying, this is it. This is, uh, this is the real deal. This is the, 
there's no faking this. Uh, the video was uploaded uh, to YouTube on the channel NVTV, which contains dozens of Bigfoot videos. And as soon as I saw that, uh, you know, I didn't even have to look at the video. You know, I made the unfortunate um, kind of knee-jerk reaction that I, I talk against making. But, uh, you know, the fact that it ended up there made me automatically doubt its authenticity because they've they update or they throw up everything that's fake or everything that's just uh, anybody puts anything out there they're uploading it because they they make money their every video is monetized i think there was 11 commercials that i counted i have ad blocker but i can count how many times it attempts to load a, a video uh or an advertisement so it, this video is heavily monetized uh, which makes me really doubt it um, but the channel alone is uh, full of just just garbage videos. Uh, but um, does that mean that the video is fake? Well, not necessarily. So again, I I, I jumped to that conclusion, uh, but rightfully so, I think. Uh, but what we do know is that the experts on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and everywhere else, uh, they're pretty much evenly split as they usually are. Uh, so some people say this level of detail uh, can't be faked. So you can't create a costume that has muscles that look that real. And it's it's clear, but it's not that clear. You, you can't see the level of detail that people are reporting, seeing ripples in the calf muscles. And uh, I don't see how you can see that. I mean, it, it looks pretty good, but I don't think it's that great. Um, but then of course others just, uh, again, knee jerk reaction. It's a hoax. It's a suit and maybe a little CGI sprinkled in to fool us. And there's other people that, uh, they'll say, well, it's real due to the arms and feet because they're, they're long and it matches other videos of Bigfoot, which, well, how do we know their videos of Bigfoot aren't fake too? And how do we know which ones are real if they're real? So I don't understand how people claiming that body parts makes it real. Well, it's got a sagittal crest or it's got uh, a mid-tarsal break or it's got this or that. Well, I don't know where you're getting all this stuff from. Like, it doesn't prove anything. We don't we don't have a Bigfoot body to to relate this to. We don't have known true video. You know, we don't we don't know. So there's no real way to, to – it's really hard to prove this. You, the only way to prove it is to actually capture this thing or gather DNA, um, you know, find it uh, laying under a car or something or a truck. Somebody hits it, you know, unfortunately. Um, I don't get this whole how it doesn't match up to known Bigfoot video thing. I, I don't get that. Uh, there's a lot of anatomical observations that people are arguing back and forth on. And generally, it comes down to support that individual's belief on the topic, not so much the video. And if you've watched this thing, uh, it's over 10 minutes long. But it's been produced with a lot of effects, uh, zooming in, cropping, uh, other manipulations. So this is was filmed probably a while ago. And the actual video 
of the purported Bigfoot. It's only a couple seconds long. It's really quick. It's like a step. And they just show it over and over, slow speed, fast speed, different speed. I don't know. Um, the main argument against the video being legitimate is that it's it's just short. Where's the rest of the video? Uh, we do see a, a couple of photographs uh, part of the way through that 10-minute long plus video. Uh, photographs that seem to happen after this creature walked through. And people are like, well, that means it's fake. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, people don't won't maybe roll video for a long time or they'll, uh, you know, if you're watching the thing, you're not watching your phone. Like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, maybe they only had so much room on the phone for video and they took a, they were able to take a couple of photographs. I mean, you can't say that that's fake because of that. But uh, to me, I didn't see a lot of people talk about this aspect of it, but uh, I don't see anything wrong with the the length of it other than the fact that it uh, uh, probably took a lot of guts to be able to film this creature uh, with a pretty good precision, I would think, if it's a phone. Uh, pretty close uh, to the creature, uh, a wide-open position. I mean, there's nothing really between you and it. If that thing is as big as people think, uh, as much as uh, I laugh at other people, you know, who are, are ghost hunters that... Uh, hear something, make a noise, and they turn and they run and they scream, which happens a lot on TV and in real life. And I'm like, what did you pay all this money to be here for if you're just going to run? Makes no sense. Uh, I face my fears in that. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of uh, ghosts or anything in the dark. Uh, it does make me a little nervous to be out in nature sometimes because you don't know what you're seeing, especially in the, in the dark. But if you're broad daylight and I see this thing walk out like that I honestly can't say how it react as much as uh, most of me would say well you know this is facing my fears too and I'd want to film this I'm sure I'd be a little nervous I don't know I'd probably be frozen with fear I don't even know if I'd be able to film the thing to be honest uh, but uh, here we are fairly close out in the open and not only that, but the, this creature doesn't even elicit a glance, doesn't even look over. It's kind of a slow strut. You know, not even John Travolta walking down the streets of New York City kind of strut, just a real slow strut. And, um, yeah, the, the creature is just, just there. I mean, you, you would think, you know, a creature that... Uh, makes its living blending into the you know the environment or being elusive the most elusive creature on the planet it doesn't even make any effort to hide or to uh, do anything and uh, you know everyone always says oh you know bigfoot throws rocks or howls or shakes trees or scares people off this thing is just casually walking through the woods like no big deal I think that's the bigger thing here that uh, makes me question the legitimacy of it. And, um, I mean, you could go on and on. You could, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to break this thing down. They're going to circle things. They're going to zoom in on things and circle the feet and circle the butt and uh, circle the head and circle the ears and, and break everything down every square inch of this thing. And uh, they'll 
either say it's real or it's not real based on their personal opinion of the topic. Uh, and what's weird also is the video opens with a really long paragraph stating how such a suit does not exist and that muscles would be hard to replicate. And why would anyone rent or buy a suit to create a hoax in the first place? I mean, why indeed? Uh, why would somebody post a hoax video to a monetized video channel and make hundreds of thousands of people visit? I think there are 200,000 people have watched the video uh, on a monetized channel. I mean, why would you do that? It's not like you're going to make money from it or anything, right? Oh, wait, you are. You're also creating a, a story that's carried in dozens of countries. I think there's... Uh, 60 stories I, I counted, um, 40 countries have carried the story. So it's it's out there, and they're making money from it. So why not? You prob They probably made their money if it was a staged thing and somebody said, hey, upload this and uh, we'll share profits. Sure. I'm sure they made their money back. Um, uh, the other thing is, is if, if I filmed this, uh, I think the last thing I'm going to do is is turn it over to some random YouTube channel that shows a bunch of fake Bigfoot videos. You know, why wouldn't the person come forward to the media first? Uh, maybe a zoo, a scientist, or maybe even a Bigfoot group. Again, before handing it out to some random YouTube channel and uh, allowing them to uh, take credit for the video, putting their their stamp on it and monetizing the video. Uh, who knows how much money they're taking from that? Um, uh, the creature itself, I, I'd say, if you look at it at face value, it does pretty impressive. Uh, looks impressive, uh, like it, uh, kind of like it just got out of the gym. Maybe got out of the shower, got out of the gym. Uh, fairly in line with what people claim to see. A little bulky, and a little stiff, I think. Not as uh, a fluid as what a lot of people kind of talk about it being, but uh, it doesn't add any credibility. It doesn't take any away. Because we don't really know exactly what a Bigfoot looks like. Everyone has their own interpretation based on their personal sighting or their personal beliefs. Uh, and again, a lot of people claim this thing is huge. But we don't have anything in the video or even the photographs to really prove this. There's no scale. This thing it could be 5'9 for all we know. It could be even shorter. We don't know. Uh, one comment I saw on one of the uh, paranormal website said that uh, the creature really doesn't seem to have much in the way of situational awareness you know again we would expect uh, the most elusive creature in the world to be a, a bit more careful when taking a stroll through the woods so that to me behavior wise really kind of makes me question this um you know i'm not going to get into uh, the costume if it's impossible to make it i don't think so nowadays i can't believe people are actually saying that i mean i've seen some incredible uh, costumes created, and it doesn't take much. I mean, you can you can sew things to make muscles. I mean, you can buy these things for ten dollars right now at a, at a Halloween shop down the street. You can buy fake muscles and put on, and it's not very expensive. And if you do things yourself, which people really don't want to do anymore, you can create pretty much anything you want now in this in this day and age. It's not like 1967; it would have been a lot harder. And it's not like you're taking it out in the woods. This looks like this could be in somebody's backyard, for all we know. 
You know, we don't even know the actual location. Uh, nobody's nobody's found it on Google Earth or anything like that, or taken you know looked at photographs of, of parks or anything. No one's no one's even looked at the vegetation, any of that stuff. We're just focused on this costume or not costume thing. Um, I mean, to me, it makes me wonder. And it's a matter of time till somebody steps forward and says, "Hey, wait, we created that for this movie or a company uh, that created the costume." Steps forward and says, "Hey, we that's ours. We made that." Uh, is it a suit? Is it CGI? Is it real? Is it fake? Uh, I don't know. It's not my not my place to say. I don't know. It doesn't really matter what I think or what anybody thinks, really, because it's just a, a debate. Uh, a lot of people want to hear from the person who filmed it, thinking that's going to clear everything up. Maybe, maybe not, unless they step forward and say, yeah, it's fake. Here's the costume. I mean, th- even if they had this fantastic story of I was frozen with fear, I filmed it. Uh, this is what happened. There it is. Um, it's going to go down in, in history. It's just a, a matter of belief, really. I mean, you don't have to look too further again than the Patterson-Gimlin film. Again, despite being cleared up, slowed down, zoomed in, uh, remade how many times and happening at a time when, when costume and video technology was uh, a lot worse than what it is now, there's still a debate. People still argue. So how do we think that you know, something new is going to be easier to debate? And despite a, a clear backstory with the Patterson-Gimlin film, there's still heavy doubt. These guys were on horseback out in the middle of nowhere. They had to use horses to get where they're at. And you're saying that they dragged a costume and an actor all the way out there? Okay. Um, but again, people are arguing that. Uh, so we're, we're, again, this is basically another new version of this. And here we are thinking that we're going to get an answer. And we're probably not. You know, even if somebody steps forward and says, yeah, I filmed it. This is real. There's still going to be people arguing on both sides. So it all boils down to a matter of belief. And I know uh, photos and videos sometimes can support the finding of new creatures or animals that have gone extinct. But we have nothing to base this on. We don't know what we don't know what a Bigfoot is or isn't. So it's not like we're looking at a monkey or uh, some kind of a bird. We don't know. And there's really not as much detail as a lot of people think there is in this thing. Uh, sometimes we do get an answer. So when you're talking about Idaho, back in 2016, there was drone footage of a purported Bigfoot near Pocatello, Idaho, which is a hot spot. They also have a convention down there, I think, every now and again. And it looked pretty legitimate. People were going back and forth, just like this one. A lot of uh, big-time, big-name Bigfoot people were claiming, this is it. This is the real deal. This is what we've been waiting for. And it wasn't even a week later that another version was released, but showed a person in a costume holding a sign that said, Bigfoot? Really? And it went down as a hoax. So you never know what you're going to get with the Bigfoot. Uh, But what you do know what you're going to get from is a creature in Tasmania that used to exist. Uh, uh, We get our hopes up high and are just uh, left alone. And we don't have one. We keep thinking we're going to find one. Uh, This year has been uh, a pretty big year for the Tasmanian uh, creature known as the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. 
Uh, we haven't heard anything in the last few months, but now uh, there's news about film of the Tasmanian Tiger. Unfortunately, it's not new. It's uh, merely remastered and uh, colored footage of the last known thylacine. So I think it was last year there was uh, a footage that was colorized, but this is the the last known video. So today, September 7th, marks the 85th anniversary. I don't know if it's a good thing to celebrate, but it's uh, 85 years ago today, the last known living thylacine died at the uh, Bumaris uh, Zoo in Hobart. And it uh, died in uh, kind of a ceremoniously uh, way of the creature, uh, you know, because we just absolutely destroyed these creatures, uh, hunted them for fear, thinking that they were killing livestock when they really weren't doing that. Uh, they introduced the dingo, which kind of hunted these things out or, or took away their their food, uh, scared them off. Uh, we did everything we could as humankind to uh, eliminate these creatures. And it all came down to September 7th, uh, probably the night before, uh, when they uh, locked this animal out of its enclosure and it died of exposure in the cold weather. Uh, today is also National Threatened Species Day. And the uh, remastered video was released by the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia to remind us that our role in the survival of animals is uh, a lot larger than what we realize. Uh, the original footage was shot back in 1933 on black and white film. And in 1936, the species was granted protection status. And yet 59 days later, on September 7th, the thylacine nicknamed Benjamin was left outside its enclosure in suspected neglect and it passed away uh, the last known shooting of a wild thylacine came in 1930 and obviously you know we talked about it uh, this year on the show uh, lots of people claiming that uh, the uh, thylacine is uh, still around but we still don't have any evidence to support that and, you know, we're waiting. Again, another elusive animal. And I don't know. It's a, it's a sad day, I think. I think we think about it. Uh, 85 years ago, it, it passed. It died. And it's our fault. And, uh, you know, I've said it before, and I hope, I really think that the, the possibility of it, you look at all these cryptids out there i always hold out the hope that the thylacine uh is is to me is probably one that could survive or could be rediscovered uh, because they were very timid animals and very elusive they're not very big uh, but you know the people that claim to see them to see them in places that you probably wouldn't think that they would be but uh, you don't know because again we don't really know enough about them you know, we're too busy killing them to really study them in the early 1930s. Um, so, poor thylacine. Uh, there is the video of it. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, all you got to really do is uh, Google thylacine, and you'll you'll probably find the the video for it. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's. Again, it's kind of sad to see because you know that that's the last one and, you know, 
a couple of years later after this film, and poor thing is dead. Um, but it's it's really neat, and just like the uh, the last remat or recolored uh, version, and this is really good too. This is, you can tell it's remastered. If you if you go and you watch the the old black and white one, now they've already remastered it. I think at least once uh, a few years ago, uh, but now it's remastered and colored. It looks pretty cool. Uh, some people are complaining that it's probably not accurate, but they used. Uh, pelts. They used uh, paintings. They used uh, a lot of information to gather um, the correct colors to uh, to redo this. So I'm not going to get nitpicky. I, I think it's pretty pretty neat to see uh, this creature. Although you know, again, sad that it's no longer around. Uh, UFO news this week. A lot of weird stuff going on in the skies above us. Uh, but I think one of the uh, one of the articles that jumped out to me this week was uh, I, it's kind of one of the highly debated things, and I've noticed that uh, not that I go to a lot of UFO conventions, but I've I've heard about this being argued upon a lot. This is uh, gaining steam as one of the uh, focus on the alien. I don't know what you would call it, like the um, what people think about uh, what aliens could be or what they might be. And the article uh, appears in the International Business Times on September 3rd. Uh, the article was titled, Aliens Could Be Future Humans Visiting Earth in UFO for Research and Tourism, says expert. I don't know who wrote that, but they need to... Go back to journalism school. But it, yeah, so aliens could be future her humans visiting Earth in UFO for research and tourism, says expert. So an expert, I don't know, who, who could be an expert on aliens and UFOs? I mean, I've heard it uh, countless times. Who can be an expert in the unknown? Uh, that's true, but uh, how could you be an expert in aliens? We don't do we do we know they exist? Do we? I guess we do have them somewhere. Maybe this guy's studying them. He's got to be. He's an expert. So who is this expert? Well, the expert is uh, is also dubbed when you read the story dubbed a top anthropologist. I didn't know we ranked anthropologists. Do we rank scientists? This is uh, I guess. Uh, you know, this year, Neil deGrasse Tyson's the number one physicist. I don't know. Was he number two last year? Was Michio number one? I don't know. Do, how do we rank these people? But uh, yeah, top anthropologist in the article. And I was uh, very interested to see who this expert was. And uh, when I saw the name, I wasn't surprised. It kind of jarred my memory of, yeah, I've read this stuff before. Uh, Dr. Michael Masters, an anthropology professor at Montana Tech University. And if they'd done their research, they would know he's actually a professor of biological anthropology who specializes in hominin evolutionary anatomy, archaeology, and biomedicine. Uh, he's also pursued an undergraduate and graduate coursework in astrobiology statistics, astronomy, and physics, as well as a perennial view review of developments in modern physics regarding time and time travel. This guy's got a lot on his plate. 
And I think it gets a little fishy when you, you're into too many things. Uh, granted, all that kind of, it all kind of does kind of come together, though. Think about it. Hominin ev evolutionary anatomy, archaeology, biomedicine, astrobiology, statistics, astronomy, physics, and uh, time travel. So it all kind of does fall into one giant cup that you would put on the, uh, uh, put in the blender, I suppose. And you can read more about him. I think that's all that information is available on his Amazon author's page. Yes, he's an author. Uh, Dr. Masters believes that what people describe as aliens and alien abductions are nothing more than distant descendants of humans coming back in time to visit the Earth at uh, various points in time. So they've been traveling back. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they used to ride dinosaurs. You know, maybe they do. Maybe that's where we got the idea of Jurassic Park. Maybe they actually went back in time and uh, rode around on dinosaurs. Why they didn't leave things behind for us? A little clues, something. Um, uh, so his book, and he does talk about this obviously in his book. Uh, his book is called "Identified Flying Objects: A Multidisciplinary Scientific Approach to the UFO Phenomena." That uh, most people claim to see aliens uh, standing upright and have five fingers in each hand and foot. Uh, they have two eyes, a mouth, a nose, and communicate to us in our own language. So that means they're uh, humans. They're descendants of humans, which I don't know about that. They don't look very human to me, but what do I know? Uh, so his book, Identified Flying Objects, a Multidisciplinary Scientific Approach to the UFO Phenomena, uh, obviously covers this topic. And I, I suppose the story is just maybe this person read the book, I guess. Uh, but time travel is a big deal right now. And obviously uh, aliens and UFOs is a, a pretty big deal. So putting all this together, I, I suppose, is, is a, a pretty timely piece. Uh, but this whole five fingers... Five toes, two eyes, a mouth, nose, and the language thing, I, I don't know how much I agree with. Uh, I mean, I've personally interviewed people who have described three-fingered aliens. Uh, it's pretty popular, too, when you read books about UFOs and aliens. Uh, they describe the communication as telepathic, meaning uh, uh, they're receiving basically signals from their captors, uh, essentially interpreted by us in our own minds, therefore... It sounds like our language, but the information is just being conveyed to us and we're interpreting it in our language. Maybe I'm going too deep with this, but, uh, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, when we do think about the, the uh, aliens and the image that we have, um, tall, thin alien, maybe green or gray with big eyes, you know, the almond eyes. So you're described, it's pretty much a result of cultural expectation. This is what we've been fed. This is what we see on TV shows like the X-Files. Uh, this is what we've read about other people experiencing. So that's what we expect to see. It's cultural expectation. Uh, UFO shapes have changed over the decades. Uh, no longer are we seeing flying saucers, but now we see balls of light. Well, did they evolve? Did they change over the decades? Did they say, ah, you know what, we can't fly around in those those flying saucers anymore. We, we can't have those uh, 
Let's move to triangles. Let's fly in triangles for a while. Ah, oh, wait. Well, the 90s are over. Let's get rid of the triangles and uh, let's jump on these balls of light. Yeah, I don't think they're doing that. Comes down to cultural expectations. What we see, what we interpret, what we expect to see. And on the other hand of things, I'll go down this road, I guess. Uh, the, you know, I, I guess this would kind of uh, be favored with uh, this hypothesis because uh, a long bipedal creature with two arms, two legs, uh, five fingers, five toes, and all that stuff, eyes in the front of the head, even if they're giant, all these things are, for us as human beings, are created because, basically because of the sun. You know, being on this earth, uh, spinning at the speed that the earth is spinning, going around the, the sun. Yes, I do believe that, by the way. We're not geocentric, um, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, all the factors of gravity, our distance from the sun... Uh, our, our atmosphere, all these things have created us in what's favorable for our conditions. So an alien on a different planet with a different kind of star at a different distance on a, a larger, smaller planet would create creatures that would be different. You know, maybe shorter, maybe uh, triangle-shaped for all we know. We don't know. Um, just because of the conditions. So we expect aliens to look like us in a way, but different. Uh, but again, um, time travel is a big deal. It's a hot topic in science fiction. It's a hot topic on, on movies. I mean, you, you don't have to go too, too much further than the top grossing movies in the last 10, 20 years. Um, just culminated in uh, with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. They all went back in time. You know, just it's really simple. You know, Bob, Tony Stark just said, hey, you know what, let me... Let me figure this out. I don't want to figure it out. Oh, wait. I'll figure it out. Here it is. Let's go back in time. It's really that simple. Um, there's a lot of possibilities as to what's happening. And even if it's not happening, it's a hopeful idea. Um, that would be kind of cool. You know, that would kind of be um, sad that we maybe we're not being visited by aliens. I think that would be much cooler, I think, to be visited by distant races versus our own people that are bored or selling tickets to spy on us here in 2021. Uh, but of course, you know, you got situations like the grandfather paradox that complicates things. I mean, think about that. You know, we're going to invent a time machine and they're going to send a bunch of people back in time. And you know, one of their first experiments is somebody in that group is going to have to kill their grandfather to see what happens. Honestly. Um, uh, but reality, in reality, time travel is uh, it's very complicated. We don't really understand it. We think we do. Uh, some scientists uh, think they do, but others don't agree with them. Some people don't even think it's possible, and it won't. It won't happen the way we envision it. Uh, we may not be able to to uh, interact the way we think we can, and then just jump back in our jump back in a little machine, you know, pull the handle, and we see colors whisk by, and a little machine just, uh, you know deposits us in a different time you know we've these time machine movies have been going to hunt for a long time you know we got deloreans you know now we got these uh machines that make noises and flashlights and we just pop and appear somewhere uh maybe 
we shrink down to a different size. That's that's the current hypothesis. Um, but really and truly, I, I don't. I'm confused. Why would our future selves have to come back in time to study our evolution, which is one of the things that uh, he says in his book? Uh, we would have unlimited access to DNA, leading all the way back to the mid 1980s. And you can take DNA. Uh, from different cultures and actually trace things back pretty far. We can see how we've evolved. Different cultures evolve differently. There's uh, different places in Europe where, uh, as a as a general rule, people have evolved to not be able to um, drink milk. They're all lactose intolerant because they've evolved that way. And other people evolve uh, to have to drink milk because of farming and because of evolution but now with the globe with the way we are um, people are interacting with uh, everybody and a lot of these things are just kind of getting washed out but um, you know I've talked a lot about uh, in this show the impossibility of traveling through space despite you know how easy it is you know you just build a spaceship you jump in and you hit the handle and you, and you go like Star Trek and Star Wars and the MCU, everybody's flying around in spaceships. Like, it's really easy. Uh, but again, speeding up is pretty hard. Uh, slowing down is a lot harder. Traveling these vast distances, uh, many, uh, you know, you're talking about light years. We can't even travel the speed of light, so it would take a lot longer. I'm talking several generations. You're dealing with heat, cold, radiation, gravity, lack thereof or too much. Uh, you know, our bodies can't handle traveling through space. Uh, we would probably evolve along the way and be probably a, a puddle by the time we got anywhere millions of years later. Um, despite this, I, I think it would probably be easier to travel 300 light years than to be able to travel back in time and then come back. I mean, if they're tourists, that's pretty cool. Just think about it. You're uh, some family vacations photograph in the future. I don't know. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. Anyway, it has been fun. Uh, I do appreciate everybody uh, coming out and chat and listening to these stories. And I'm uh, really excited to see what's going to happen next week. I will be back next week. And uh, I think some things are going to drop. I think you're going to see some interesting stories next week and maybe some surprises. Uh, with that... Keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>